I'm Riker, and this is Pilot. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this traffic port aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailing man, the skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour, a three-hour tour. That's the theme to Gilligan's Island. <laughs> to, and this one's more of a three-year tour. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gilligan's Island in uh, the HBO original, Avenue 5, which... Uh, Spoiler alert, uh, I don't want to get into genre too fast, but sort of a combination of mm, Gilligan's Island meets Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Where uh, morons <laughs> <laughs> are uh, lost in space. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Pretty stupid, huh? Yeah, it was, you know, when I was ready for a, a stupid sci-fi, because I really, it turns out I really liked Netflix's Space Force, like, that was super good, so I was I was kind of primed and ready for a stupid sci-fi, you know, comedy. I was a little underwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was not so much as a giggle from you. Uh, I mean, there were a couple things where I kind of chuckled and wrote it down, but yeah, for the most part, I was just like... Okay, so I don't know any of you fuckers' names. Like, <laughs> I don't care about you. You're all dumb. <laughs> you apparently don't listen to each other. You're not even a real hero anyway. So, I don't know. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get deep into this, but first, another installment in our Streaming Wars saga. Uh, now, mind you, we're doing a series of episodes in which we are scoring HBO shows before we cancel the HBO Max app or determine that, man, that was such a good run, we should keep HBO Max. And to help you to determine whether or not you should be keeping HBO Max or deleting it. So uh, today we review Avenue 5, which HBO Max describes uh, in their series description thusly. Avenue 5. Hugh Laurie stars in this series set in a future in which traveling the solar system has become big business. That doesn't really tell you much, but I don't really feel like there's that much to the plot. <laughs> and uh, their episode description, season one, episode one, I was flying. Uh, series premiere, a malfunction on spaceship Avenue 5 finds Captain Ryan Clark and his crew in a crisis. All right, how many couch points are we going to award to HBO Max's series and episode description? Yeah, that sounds perfect. I, li I like it. Um, I'd say 50 points, clean, simple, to the point. Hmm. I'd give it five points. Um, so really? we're still positive. I mean, we're in a positive point zone, mm -hmm. five positive couch points. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's that's a description. I don't think it tells you, doesn't set a tone, doesn't tell you what to expect. Really, it could be any spaceship show. There's a captain, and some shit's about to Good hit the point. fan. Good point. It doesn't give you a feel for a genre at all. Right. Mm, all right. Okay, I see your five, and I uh, reduce from my 50, mm. which now seems very overzealous and generous. So you're giving it 50 positive couch points plus negative 45 couch points. So total five couch points. Turns out, yeah. Ten couch points all around. All right. 
Um, I don't have any complaints about HBO Max this week. We found it pretty easy. And uh, you already had the volume set to three. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> as it started, it I, it was at like seven and I put it down to four yeah. because, you know, or if I put it down to five and, and we ended up adjusting it to six because after the opening credits, it turns out that's where it needs to be. After opening the credits. opening credits, right. What it, yeah, I'm, I'm now thinking like, was it just like a noise that kind of brought us into the thing? I don't even remember how we opened it. Ba-doo-ba-doo. I don't remember. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. hmm, yeah, I don't remember that. I think there was, <laughs> I feel like I remember seeing the ship flying around. What do you think of the look of the ship? Um, It's fine. Uh, it's inviting even um, because it doesn't look like a nerdy spaceship. I feel like it's something that even the common folk who don't like sci-fi could get into. Yeah, there's like two different styles of sci-fi, and one is the ship that's whooping around space, that's whooping mm-hmm. around the galaxy, and then there's the kind that's just sort of the barge, just floating yeah. lifelessly in a straight direction. Exactly, like, yes. Like Alien, like all the Alien movies, it's like, we'll cut to the outside of the ship, which is sort of drifting slowly and ominously through space. In this case, it looked like a big space bus, I feel like, but it was pretty. I thought the graphics were pretty. Yeah. engaging enough to be like, ah, oh, that's nice. Ah, oh, yes, we're in space. And then we go meet our first uh, few characters and the first few, the first scene uh, in the control room. I don't know what they call it. The bridge, yeah. as it were. <laughs> as it were. And the, I just like the, uh, the design work because the sets looked pretty cheap, like pretty cheesy, but intentionally so, where there oh, wasn't yeah. much to them and a bunch of brightly colored lights. Um, and it looked like, I don't know what it looked like. It looked like the Apple store if the Apple store was a little less stark. Yeah. A little more colorful. That, that makes sense. And it's a bit more spacious, I will say. The Apple stores, they really pack them. You have to get <laughs> through a lot of people who are already crammed into this, you know, overpacked store. But I thought the look of it was fun. I thought it was engaging. Yeah. I haven't really seen that, that many spaceship shows look like that. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, it looks familiar to me. Oh, you know what? It's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy yes, is totally. kind of the look there, which is funny because, you know, uh, Judd Galaxy. I, I actually feel like that's his company name. So Judd, Mr. Judd, whatever his full name is. Um, Jay Judd. Jay Judd. Okay, well, there you go. I think. I heard her call. I heard Iris call him Jay. Um, he reminds me of, I think his name is Zaphoid Beetlebrox or something like that from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, who has like the two heads, multiple personality, like the psycho guy. <laughs> <laughs> his aesthetic was very similar and the fact that he's just kind of a moron in charge. And he's the like billionaire genius of mm-hmm. industry. Exactly. Of the Judd Corporation, who's on the ship. I was surprised to find that the CEO of the company would be on the ship. Uh, well, we are drifting into characters. Let's get real crisp with our analysis of the genre. Yeah. I'm standing by Star Trek Voyager meets Gilligan's Island. Um, I would I would generalize that to say it's an absurdist sci-fi comedy. Yeah, that sounds apt. Um, I haven't seen Gilligan's Island, so I really don't have... Uh, like, you know, I saw the Gilligan's Island episode of Roseanne, Roseanne. of course. <laughs> That's as close <laughs> as I've really gotten. And I was like... What are they doing here? They're doing something very specific. <laughs> I had to look it up because I just I had no frame of reference. But um, definitely sci-fi and very slapsticky. It's a spoof series, like not to be taken seriously at all. Right. Um. So, 
big uh, suspension of disbelief on this one. Uh, yeah, which is what I like about it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there was not like one smoking gun moment where that was communicated to us. I felt like it was pretty clear from the set design, from the, oh, oh yeah. as soon as we got up to the promenade area, I think they call, I think that's the observation deck where they set a new record for space yoga. M- biggest yoga class in space. And Dr. House says, Captain House says, who did we beat? <laughs> somebody calls them bendy fuckers later after the ship has its issue yeah somebody says it's those bendy fuckers it was the yoga class fault there's he, too many of them <laughs> and he goes oh that was broken <laughs> uh, who, when did he say that oh he's like oh you're a bendy fucker or something like that and he's like oh or no he said you're really flexible oh that's broken <laughs> oh <laughs> uh so i think that was the moment that it was especially clear because mm-hmm. that's when you meet uh, well, anyway, so genre, that was successful to me. Yeah, I definitely. like the genre, especially if you're looking for something um, light and dumb. Yeah, I, I would say that that's exactly the mood you need to be yeah. in for this. Light, dumb, and nerdy. <laughs> light, dumb, and nerdy, yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, when we are, we meet Captain House, which is Captain Ryan Clark, played by Dr. House, played by Hugh Laurie. Um, Captain House. Uh is in the bridge uh, and they make clear right away that he's a hero who saved Avenue 3. This is Avenue 5. Yep. Which is a luxury space cruise ship. So it's very commercial. I think that's one of the things that sets this show apart too in tone. Yeah. It's very commercial. Like there's a part where there's a, a video screen that's always rolling saying, um, I'm I'm Jay Judd, Judd Enterprise or Judd Corporation or whatever it is. Uh, and then now a word from the captain. And then it goes to uh, Captain House. Ryan Clark. For yes. people who do care about his name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it goes to Captain House saying, hello, welcome aboard. Or welcome to space in every possible language. Uh, and then Max, who I think his name was Max, who's the um, head of passenger services, who's the tall, weird, creepy guy from the office mid-season. Oh, uh, Matt is his name in in this. Uh, Matt. Matt. Uh, close, though. Um, yeah. Yes. I actually had initially put him down. Before I looked him up, I had him on my card as Gabe from The Office. There you go. <laughs> Who was very not Gabe in this. Yeah. So very unserious, very bad at his job. Uh, I mean, don't you feel like Gabe was also that way? Like, I don't feel like he was actually very un-Gabe in that way. Yeah, but Gabe was more neurotic. Like, I feel like Gabe... Like cared about how people saw him. Mm, I feel true. like this guy doesn't realize that people are passing judgments about who he is and how he is. Uh, he's terrible at his job, and yet maybe the best person for the job. Yeah, because he don't give a fuck how <laughs> how the Karens of the ship feel. Yeah, Karen Kelly, who's of course the Karen of the episode, <laughs> who's the uppity passenger who just demands, demands, demands. We yeah. are we paid for a space cruise. Mm-hmm. says no in fact you didn't pay for a space cruise you got your sister's uh non-transferable free membership yeah or free uh ticket because she couldn't come because her her small toe was too big mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> whatever so anyway we meet this smattering of characters in bits and pieces i'm i'm kind of crudely stumbling through it no, yeah. Um, we actually get a second office person. I don't know if you recognize David Wallace. <laughs> David um, it Wallace. was K- Karen's husband. 
Oh, yeah. I, yeah. You're right. Missed it. Yep. <laughs> and I actually did not catch his name either. Um, there were several people as we went through where I just kind of wrote where I recognized them from because I had no idea. Frank Kelly was his character's name. Okay. Thank you. Um, that one I should have known because I did hear that name thrown around. I just didn't know who they were talking about. I read it because we had okay. subtitles on. So there was a moment that I read okay. Frank clearing his throat or whatever it was. Frank size. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, we have Joe, who we only get briefly, but it turns out Joe was the real captain of the ship. Oh, you just spoiled it. Oh, uh-huh. my bad. And he has, you know, his partner, Billy, who seems to be, as far as I have seen, like the only real competent person we've seen on the cruise ship. Billy McAvoy, who's the uh, other engineer. So mm-hmm. there's only two, apparently, it would appear there's only two engineers running the ship, which is self-piloted. Mm-hmm. So it just goes on its trajectory. Um, somewhere in the first few minutes of the episode, after we get our introduction to, you know, the people we mentioned, the the Kellys, that's Karen and Frank. Um, Iris, we haven't mentioned yet. Iris is, I don't know, like the manager. Yeah, uh, she seems like his personal assistant to me, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, that's okay. That could be Judd's personal assistant. Uh, oh, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, she just seemed to work for uh, Captain Clark. Oh, uh, she struck me. I don't know what her role is, but she struck me as a sort of mid middle management type that has mm-hmm. a lot of people that she gets to sort of bark orders at, but not really a lot to do and not a lot that is her expertise. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Who is very funny. I can't remember the actress's name. Anytime I see her, I think she's very funny. Um, Susie Nakamura? 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 Nakamura. Yeah, she's in in, uh, Modern Family. Oh, okay. Um, And there's this episode. Because do you remember uh, Modern Family? I can't remember the character. It's been a while. I haven't seen it. I've seen a couple episodes offhandedly. But if you were to give me any descriptions, I I don't know. The gay couple. And they have the Asian baby that they adopt. That sounds vaguely familiar. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, a couple episodes. She's (laughs) in it. And uh, she makes some comment about, yeah, my mom just wants me to be some Asian stereotype. And that just ain't me. And then gets her in a car and plows down a couple trash cans. (laughs) Reinforcing Asian stereotypes. Yeah. Uh, So I feel like every time I see her, she's a different character and Mm -hmm. a different, she's just a different persona and she's always very funny. So I don't know much about her personally. She's like one of those people you recognize her from her work in any given number of things, but you know, isn't a celebrity celebrity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But anyway, I always think it's a pleasure to see her. Uh, So after Joe dies, when he's outside working on tinkering on the ship. Um, yeah, they're trying to boost comms because there's a 26 second delay, which is like the ongoing joke of the episode. So and it is funny. so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's painful to watch. It really is. It sets the tone, though, for the entire show, I think. Yeah, because down at uh, headquarters or not headquarters, Mission Control. <laughs> Mission uh, Control. Where you have Rav, uh, the woman who runs Mission Control who she's british i take it the show feels very british in this part to me whenever they go down to mission control yeah uh and she's giving a tour to some people who are just there taking an interest in it and she's the one who's giving the tour but she's also the one who's running the whole control room Mm -hmm. um so she's constantly going back between here's the tour she's on the spinny thing just pointing at screens very slowly saying Mm -hmm. ah and that's the um 
That's where they do the whatever, the um, spa. That's yoga. We just set a record today. She's doing this while they're waiting for the 20-second delay to expire so she can fit it all into this tour. Yeah. So they can have their communication with the ship, uh, which is over by Jupiter, Uh uh, I think. And it's just so ridiculous. The... uh, how long's the delay? 26 seconds. So they're constantly talking over each other. It's constantly waiting. So that's when the ship starts having its malfunction. When uh, they're working on the comms, Joe and Billy McAvoy are working on the comms and something goes wrong. I don't know that it's even clear what goes wrong and gravity flips. So everybody goes flying like Poseidon adventure to the other wall <laughs> and a bunch of people break their legs yeah. and other people just get bumped and bruised around. And um, and this throws the ship 0.21 degrees off trajectory, which is going to take them an extra three years now to get back to Earth. Yeah. And there's a whole meltdown. And this is before we discover, but we discover more toward the end, that uh, Joe is the real captain. The only guy who actually knows anything about the spaceship is Joe. Uh, and Dr. Captain House um, is purely <laughs> there as an he's an actor who's hired to just make people feel confident because he's got the beard and the and the stately persona and the smile to charm him for miles yep kilometers <laughs> so he he flips out at some point cuz he keep talking about what a hero he is he saved avenue 3 he goes how many fucking times do I have to tell you people <laughs> it was the uh it was the sprinklers and the firefighters came in and saved Avenue 3. I was just standing there with a fancy hat on. You definitely did Australian and not British. That's fair. <laughs> I have a bunch of Australian friends. <laughs> and he specifically said he's not Australian. <laughs> he's obviously British. He's like, I'm from England. And he goes, oh, that's so much worse. <laughs> this is when they're saying to him, uh, what did you just do with your voice? <laughs> your voice changed. He said, you went to this puppet act. I'm English, and uh, what's his name? Um, Herman Judd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's his <laughs> name? Judd says. Uh, he says, "Oh my God, that's so much worse." So he says, "Your sister was hang on, bendy fuckers." Oh, he said you did like a puppet show, and then you did a different voice, and it was like. <laughs> And <laughs> he said, no, it wasn't that. But it was just like that. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. It's just so dumb. I don't know why this appeals to me so much. Yeah, no, I mean, there was... <laughs> there's a quote that he says that it kind of... It really gets you you into the mood of how dumb it is. It's yeah. that she's deaf in both ears. You can just say deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they're just, it's these kinds of jokes that are yeah. littered throughout the series, you know, throughout the episode. Yeah. Uh, there's a point after it comes out that he's an actor and not really a captain, and the real captain's dead, and but he's got to keep going, playing the role, uh, and they're watching him on the screen as he's going through the hallway, doing the charming smile with everybody. Hey, there you are. Hey, big guy. Ooh, yeah. What's going, hot shot? Uh, yep, we got it all under control. And he says when he's making a... a uh, Speech to the passengers. This is Captain House that says this. Um, he says, he says, everything's good, couple injuries, but pretty much everybody's fine. Uh, now we all have a great story to tell to our 
therapists and our chiropractors. Yes, I loved that one. <laughs> <laughs> right as Joe, who's like stuck in the orbit of the ship, floats around the viewing window. Yeah. And somebody says, who's the dead guy? <laughs> oh, no. So anyway, what I what I like about it is you got all these characters with all these different sort of relationships to why they're here. You got the couple that's getting a divorce soon, but figured they would cash in on their tickets anyway. That hate each other. That is Doug and I didn't get his wife's name. Mia or Maya. Mia or yeah. Maya. Okay. You got Neelix, who's just there as a sort of burnout, semi-retired old astronaut. Oh, Neelix was his character in Star Trek Voyager. Oh, Spike. In Spike. This. Mm-hmm. He's the first Canadian on the moon. Is he the one that they nicknamed Space Pony? Oh, I don't know. I missed that. I just started writing things down as they started like <laughs> referencing people. And I'm like, he looked offended by that. So I was pretty sure that they were calling him Space Pony. But I had no frame of reference for oh, why. Oh, maybe. I'm not sure. Okay. He said, y'all better start taking me seriously. He says, I was, I was uh, the first Canadian to walk on the moon or whatever. He says, yeah, but like the 30th person. It's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. you didn't make history. I did too. It was the first Canadian. That's hilarious. So anyway, the characters all amuse me. I don't know that we get, everybody doesn't necessarily have their place quite yet. Some of them yeah. do. We kind of got our main Quotey Fingers crew. Um, Captain Ryan Clark. Uh, what did you say Judd's name was? Herman, apparently. Herman Judd. Okay, somebody calls him Jay at one point. Iris. Well, maybe they call him Jay instead of Judd. Maybe. Mr. J, something like that. Mr. I don't know. J. Um, so that's kind of our main crew. Mm-hmm. That, and you, you have Karen Kelly. Oh, no, and there's Matt. And then you have Karen Kelly, who's sort of becoming like the union leader, like the ambassador for all of the passengers, who overhears that it's a three-year trip now. The passengers don't know that yet. So that, that seems to be our main group. Um, and then like our first-tier characters. And then you have some of the secondary characters, like the Neelix of the Bunch, uh, the arguing couple, and then probably a couple others that I'm forgetting. And then you have the group uh, at Mission Control. Mm-hmm. So those are like three layers of you know people that we're with. Um, I think the episode, I'm, I'm finding as we're kind of stumbling through remembering the plot, there's not a lot of plot here. No. Yeah, there's just sort of the characters saying and doing dumb things. Mm-hmm. Oh, like when... Uh, when Billy is meeting with uh, Captain House for the first time, basically, and uh, he says, well, where's the other engineer? And he says, don't say Joe. Don't say it was Joe. And she said, Mo. He goes, Mo? And it goes on for, like, way too long. Yeah. She's saying, well, you said don't say Joe. It is Joe. I knew it was Joe. Yeah. So, um... Uh, it's a lot of stuff like that. It's just sort of like a lot of these stammering scenes with the characters being inadequate at everything they do and attempt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was... So, I don't know. I have a hard time with the characters category because I feel like they give us maybe too many characters and don't solidify names. Like, most of these are... Like I said, I wrote down 
things I know these people from. Um, sometimes I put and wife or and partner. Like, yep. you know, they, I just, I don't have a clear idea of who these people are. And I'm happy you're able to fill me in on like who Karen is and what her role was. But I was just like, who the fuck are these people? And, you know, they're incompetent. So I'm not super excited about anyone other than Billy. Like, she's the only... I mean, I guess Iris seems competent as well. It just, it mm. seems like we've got a bunch of incompetent people that we're here to watch and observe. And I'm just I'm not terribly charmed by that. <laughs> like, I need to have somebody here that's worth watching. And I just didn't feel a pull towards anyone. So I guess for me, this one was a, a, a failure. Oh, I like where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. A couple of things I want to add. I don't think Iris came off as competent. No. I thought she just came off as harsh. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's quick to bark orders, but I didn't know necessarily that she's qualified to. Um, when they're having the scene where the crew is figuring out what to do next and everybody's turning to um, Captain House mm-hmm. saying, what are we going to do? And that's when he finally loses his cool and has a British accent and explains to everybody what's going on. Oh, I started saying this earlier. There's a point he's walking down the hallway and they're watching him on camera. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Judd says, man, he knows his stuff, doesn't he? He really knows his stuff. And somebody says, no, he doesn't. Billy. At all. Yeah, Billy says, no, he doesn't. He goes, no, no, he doesn't. That's right. I forgot. That's right. I forgot. Because he also doesn't know his stuff. Like, he has no idea. The other most incompetent person. So when all the characters are having the meeting, the crew's having the meeting of what's going on, uh, this is where Captain House says, yeah, Joe was the real captain. Like He's the one who knew yeah. what was going on, but they can't have him play the captain because he doesn't like the passengers. Uh, he said he liked you. He's talking to Billy. So he goes in order of Billy, Judd, and then Iris. He goes, he liked you, hated you. He thought you were a fucking nightmare. I say that part already? I thought so. Oh, maybe maybe not. Maybe not. Oh, I don't think you said the fucking nightmare I, part, but you said the 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 rest of it leading into that. Okay, I never finished it. Mm-hmm, yeah. That that makes sense. Why that would be familiar? Like you hated you thought you were a fucking nightmare. So anyway, I guess it's the uh, I'm ruminating on the humor of the show comes in these stammering moments, uh, which I, I like. Mm-hmm. To your point that you're not really sure, like it doesn't really have characters. I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat this back to you. Tell me if this is if you think this is uh, an accurate way that I interpreted what you said. Yeah. Is that it doesn't so much have characters as it has personalities. Mm -hmm. And the personalities fit categories. But they're not really well-developed characters or people that really bring very much or that you want to know anything about or are going to have any kind of character arc. They give a line from their perspective and tick off some other character on an opposing or mm-hmm. you know personality on a opposing part of the plot spectrum uh, and that's about all the characters are good for yeah i would say that's more or less my my belief on it uh yeah, yeah you sold me i i think they're fun and i want to spend some more time with them um but i i think i could get along with they're they're really not characters so much as they are personalities or like yeah. stakeholders within the show sure definitely so, yeah, okay. Uh, that is a long way to say um, I'll give the characters a fail, too, just because you convinced me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's exciting. That's a, like an extra win for me. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to plot. What is the arc of the plot that we can expect from this episode? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, we've got three years to get home. So, um, you know, definitely not 
I, I would imagine we're going to take every bit of those three years. Um, it would be my guess. That if it gets is... picked up for another season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no shit, right? Um, but but I think that's the series intention is to continue this, you know, journey at least another three years. That we're going to see them, people who absolutely hate each other um, in space and are possibly too incompetent to make it the three years, um, you know, trying to make a go of it. And, you know, you'd mentioned Gilligan's Island and I, at least that the concept of that I get, which is that they're not really trying to get out of that situation much of it all. They kind of just they're they're on the island. This Stranded is their new life. Stranded and making mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I don't imagine that they'll change their traje- trajectory at all. Um, I imagine it it's going to take three years. That's that is how it is. Uh, I wrote i think basically exactly what you just said um in three words which is clashing character dynamics (laughs) yeah no kidding so from week to week you can expect to see the clash of personalities of stakeholders uh as we venture closer to whatever the conclusion is which will either be getting home on time making a last minute save to get them home early but pretty much everything we got here we can expect variations on more of it which is characters clashing as they throw absurd things at us that you might find in a absurd scenario in which your luxury cruise ship gets stranded in space for longer than intended yeah absolutely uh so i would give that a pass i think it was clear what they're trying to do at the very least definitely okay and hook was there a hook for you uh, for me, no, there was not a hook. Um, you know, it's, I don't even know the characters' names, as I said a couple of times. It's its amusing, but it wasn't compelling. So, like, if it's on and somebody else is watching it, I probably won't bitch about it. But, you know, if I'm setting the intention to watch TV, this is not what I'm seeking out. Um, I could almost see putting this in the background, um, but I feel like you would miss the the one good thing about the show which is the one-liners um that i feel like you'd miss out if you made this a background show so it just doesn't really fit for me but um well you're a binger too so this just you have no appetite to binge it Mm -hmm. that's that's a good point yeah um maybe that'd be a good uh riff on our concept here binge worthy binge worthy yeah binge worthy oh maybe that's our title of our of our spinoff series binge worthy (laughs) binge worthy yeah well, and I, I definitely thought it'd be kind of fun for, like, Black Sails when you eventually binge that. Yeah. Um, to have, like, a follow-up epi- follow yeah. episode and say, hashtag binged. Oh, I like that. Um, so then we can kind of do a recap of it and what you actually thought of it. And, you know, could they have done better with the pilot having seen the full series? Right. So I ended up not binging this, which doesn't mean anything for me. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty moody binger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I might you still... Are. But I, it had my attention for a couple weeks, and I watched a couple episodes slowly. Um, you know, it would be sitting down and watch something, like late at night, like, oh, let me just fit something in here. A mm-hmm. uh, half hour of this, half hour of that. I think it's before I remodeled my house and before I started going out with Elise, so there's enough things that hit you to distract you. Yeah. But, because I remember watching it in my Lazy Boy recliner, mm-hmm. and I don't have that anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was a brief period there. Yeah. Uh, but, man, that was glorious. Other than it didn't fit in my living room right. But the couch itself, oof, 
Recliners are tough that way, though. They're so hard to fit, and you're giving up a lot of seating for one person. So one person had better use the captain's chair a lot. Me. <laughs> if, if I showed up and somebody was in the chair, I was like, okay, I'm going to need you to move over there. That's obviously mine, and it's fucking rude of you to have taken it. Yeah. I Love to know. offer you more, but it's a small space. Occasionally, when there are spiders, I feel like I see them most in the recliner, and so I'll see it, and then I'll kind of be, like, spooked by it for a couple of weeks, so I won't come back to it. because you're on your back. You had the best view of the whole place. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I love my couch now, though. Mm -hmm. Three recliners, so that, like, there's only three spots, and they're mm -hmm. big, um, but everybody can be comfortable. I've had three people in there at a time, and everybody was comfortable. Yeah, no, that it's is the really nice first time piece. in five years I've been able to say that. Uh, I I do kind of miss our reclining couch for that reason, but um, it it was too deep, um, so you could never sit up straight if you weren't <laughs> reclined. Like you could just never sit up straight. Yep. So like eventually, if you're a binger like me, it it takes a toll on your back. Okay. <laughs> I'm like I can't feel anything below my <laughs> below my butt. Like <laughs> it hurts. Uh, well. Maybe it's good that you can't feel anything down there. That's where you're all disabled. <laughs> I mean, getting feeling there is probably going to be more helpful than, <laughs> than deadening that <laughs> to get back to a normal life. So I guess my point is just mm -hmm. to say that uh, is this, was I hooked? Um, I was hooked at the end of this. Mm -hmm. I didn't end up going much farther past it, but yeah. that's not the purpose of our show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and to me, the hook was the British accent, the big reveal that the captain is an actor. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was unique. I thought that was a, a clever choice that turned the show on its head that makes you, that really subverted your expectations. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So, I would not have expected that. Yeah. So I thought that was a big win. So um, I, on the whole, considered it a successful pilot. How about you? Yeah, it's probably it's successful even though it didn't hook me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for what they sought out to do, mm -hmm. they performed strongly enough in uh, most categories. I would say if you're weighing it, that characters ends up becoming the most important category. Most important? Or no, I don't know why I said that. It's just because we spend the most time on it. Yeah. Um, it's the most convoluted. It is. It really is. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... So I think the reason that you feel like maybe it's characters, though, is because it's it's very quote-heavy. Um, I'd written on my hook card that the card of mine that got the most action is my blue uh, note card that has yeah. quotes, um, which, you know, let me kind of run through. <laughs> you know, there's um, when Herman Judd is talking to Iris, and he goes, oh, that's a lot of broken legs. And they're kind of reviewing the numbers. Uh, and talking about different ways that they can kind of, you know, make people's experience better from this. Because that is a lot of broken legs. Um, and she proposes, like, spa stuff. And he goes, Jesus, Iris, I'm not Santa Claus. <laughs> Which is like, oh, okay. Well, like, we've kind of ruined you guys in many ways. This is a terrible situation. But we can't be troubled to give you a spa. You I, I wrote that one down, too. And it was a 40-minute massage is what they were offering. Oh, my massage, God. 40 minutes. And he looks at her like, fuck, you are cold. Well, and that's not what he says. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I'm not Santa Claus. It's to make him feel better. But yeah, I have that too. I love that. That's hilarious. Yeah. And then the other one was um, uh, Hugh Laurie's character says, um, I can be in the vicinity of a disaster wearing a nice hat. Anything more than that and I'm out. Right. 
That's what made him a hero. Yeah, right. I have to say he was modest about it, too. I appreciated that he didn't own this hero thing. The hero thing made him uncomfortable because he didn't want to have this expectation of him, just in case it, you know, hero duties ever called again. That does make him a bit more likable. I will say his character is likable despite not being obviously confident, but... I don't know. Is it he's enough? even pretty confident because he's a good actor. Not but he's, confident, competent. You did say competent. I mm-hmm. was about to to say he was confident. He just wasn't competent. But yeah. I misheard you. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> yeah. But points for his confidence. Mm-hmm. How yeah. well he owns this role. He said, "Not a bit of this is my fault. I did exactly what I was hired to do. Absolutely. To be a fraud." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said, and they say, "Why don't? Why do you do the British accent?" He goes, "Ah, for some reason, it's all poppycock that." Americans prefer uh, an American accent makes them more comfortable. Is that really the case, though? I feel like Americans usually prefer a British accent. It makes us more intrigued. Um, I don't. Do you not? No, I don't. So my GPS lady is absolutely British. I um, went through all the voices, and she was the most calm. And when she bosses me around, it doesn't bother me nearly as much. Yeah, mine, it didn't work with, with me because uh, she. I told her to call my mom. I mm-hmm. said, hey, Siri, call my mom. So call mom. No, don't do it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I said, hey, Siri, call mom. And she says, uh, what is your mom's name? And I said, mom, what is your mom's name? Mom. What is your mom's name? Mom. No phone number for mom. It was like, Jesus. So it, it just didn't work. Um, so I, I think, like, growing up in high school, you'd, a British kid would come to school, uh, and I'd feel like I'd get no attention from girls, and then some nerdy British kid would show up and just be British, and then mm-hmm. you would get all the attention from girls. So I have that, like, little seed of resentment where it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, let's go British around. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so no, I, I, I take the meaning. I take the joke there that you freaking Americans, like, if it's – if it's some, you know, cowboy captain coming in here, you're going to be confident with him. Yeah. You know, but then again, I'm more Picard than Kirk. So who knows? I mean, is it? I feel like most people are more Picard than Kirk. Maybe that's very uh, controversial, but. <laughs> well, I think it's maybe the generation that we have now. Yeah, okay. I can yeah. see that. Um, just being Kirk was before most people's times. At this point, that are still watching I mean, Star but he's Trek. But still classic. Like, if most people who I've seen, that I know of, who would watch Star Trek, like, that's the one where I'm like, ah, I mean, this is the least intimidating sci-fi that I've seen. The Next Generation? No, the original. Kirk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but it just can't be now. So I think that, you know, mm, I think we, yeah. when you grew up with Picard as... Like, the dude that helped raise you, and then you look back at, like, the guy that helped raise your dad. Okay. You had a great amount of respect for him. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate and love the guy, but I grew up with Picard. Picard. Okay. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. So, you know, so the answer is, all things being equal, yeah, I'm, maybe I'm more Kirk than Picard, but I'm a little bit more sentimental about Picard. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. see that. Anyway, there we go again. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. What do you have on your quote That's card? right, quotes. Did I interrupt you or did you get through no, all No, I got through all of mine. There was one that I had left, but I wasn't very excited about it, so I just checked it off. <laughs> when the dead Captain Joe floats around to the screen and somebody says, why is that dead spaceman out there? 
who's a dead man's floating mm-hmm. in the sky. Uh, Matt says, if it's any consolation, he had very few loved ones. <laughs> yeah, that was messed up. I like that. Yeah. Um, yoga, bendy fuckers. I thought that was a good line. Yeah, I that was already fun. mentioned it. Um, when Matt starts laughing at the hilarity of this moment, and he says, <laughs> your, your sister was supposed to be here, but you're the one who's here. Like, as you stole her spot, basically, your sister was saved by her big toe. Mm-hmm. We came back to the big toe thing, which I just thought was ridiculous. And yeah. I loved it because it was so dumb. Yeah, that makes sense. I made a comment. I already did this one, but uh, you did like a puppet show and then you did a different voice. <laughs> yeah. See, there's a joke on the dumb Americans, I feel like, again, that yeah. I only respond to an American accent as an accent. Yeah. Um, we speak American. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm English. Oh my God, that's so much worse. Uh, and thought you were a flat out fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those were all goodies. Uh, yeah, I thought it was full of goodies that, yeah. that I was chuckling at. Yeah, there were definitely a lot of really good one-liners. It was, it's a dumb witty show. Right. You know? It's like, um, you know, they joke about Big Bang Theory's a smart show for dumb people. Mm-hmm. Is this a dumb show for smart people? Yeah, I feel like it is. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I won't ever catch on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if it was renewed for a season two. Something tells me it wasn't. I will say um, that also is another tie for it. Back to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. To me, that's a dumb series or dumb book series um, that is really catered catering to smart people. Like, it's... I don't know. My mom hated it. And it's not that she's not smart. It's just intellectual humor is not her thing at all. She does not enjoy that. Um, <laughs> whereas, like, I really get a kick out of it. <laughs> or if it were a bit trekkier in nature, you would really get a kick out of it. It's kind of like we feel like we're the insider for that joke. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it's got a sort of blink and you'll miss it humor. Mm-hmm, that's exactly it. Yeah, it's, it's dry because uh, they say these dumb things and deliver it in a clever way mm-hmm. like she's deaf in both ears you can yeah. just say deaf and he said okay i got you because i'm deaf in neither ear mm-hmm. it's these like they're not the jokes aren't performed yeah you know, they're not played out they're just spoken mm-hmm. in passing in rapid fire yeah and that's where the blink and you miss it you know mm-hmm. why why somebody who's who's uh brain isn't sharpened to appreciate the humor here yeah which i don't want to keep saying dumb people I really don't mean that, but if you're if you're not tuned for it, mm-hmm. uh, why you would miss it? Why some dumb person would say a dumb thing and it would just pass off as somebody delivering a line of dialogue? Definitely, and it was like actually that was a pretty witty joke right there. Yeah, and the and it's conceptually funny, like the big little toe thing. I don't understand it conceptually. That's very funny to me. Yeah, and the fact that they would include the big little toe, like the fact that that made it, the fact that some writer was sitting around saying. Ah, the toe and just went for it and i feel like he was like he was drinking his uh diet coke and chuckling about it <laughs> in his underwear at home then scratched his fat belly and said that's hilarious let's go with the little toe thing yeah <laughs> yeah all in all it's a pretty interesting show um it just yeah not made for me i think interesting well, uh, that was fun. Thanks for taking the time to watch it with me. Looks like it was renewed for a season two. Oh, cool. But it was delayed through 2020, and I don't know that, you know, maybe that... I don't know if we'll ever see it. Oh, really? Well, I don't know. I just... Yeah. I read it really quickly while we were sitting here. 
(laughs) (laughs) Not confident. All right. (laughs) Well, you know, if it does turn out multiple seasons, maybe maybe it'd be worth coming, you know, revisiting and seeing if maybe there's really more to it. But I just don't see them having enough material to go on for very long. (laughs) Well, I don't know. If you had three years, and that's three seasons, and that's not a very long time, Mm -hmm. uh, to have a season arc... And I don't know if this is the case, but imagine a season arc where if it's like the beginning of the letdown, the middle part, the meat of the letdown where shit's really getting dire. Mm -hmm. uh, And then the conclusion where things are starting to wrap up as they're starting to sit into a a familiarness of this is just what life on a cruise ship looks like. I could see that if I don't think this is the show that they put that kind of thought into, but if there was an arc like that, and they did confine it to three seasons for three years mm-hmm. of, of travel. I think that could be pretty interesting. Yeah. Because if you're picking up like a year later, here's year two, um, then you could revamp the show a little bit every year. You know, you see, what's his name from The Office? Who was the, Dave? Gabe or David Wallace? David, David Wallace. Like the, after he's unemployed for a while and starts losing his mind. Yeah. His oh, house. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the vacuum cleaner, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine seeing him like that again in this in season two with a long shaggy beard just sort of losing his mind to... Yeah. As Karen wears him down a little bit more and a little bit more. Yeah, I guess... I guess I could see it being more of like a Schitt's Creek, which is the other one you said was very Gilligan's Island where they're not trying to get off the island. They're just going to kind of sit in the shit for a bit. (laughs) Uh, I said that? Um, Something along those lines. Oh, that was clever. Oh, I mean, I just came up with the sitting and shit, so. Oh, I didn't mean that. Yeah, okay. I just meant the thing that I said. <laughs> no, that's good. I like that. No, I like rhymes. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't, though? <laughs> People with no rhythm. With no rhythm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that would be me, though. Oh, good point. I don't have rhythm, but I like rhymes. Good point. <laughs> um, join us next week. For our HBO showdown uh, to help you decide whether or not to cancel or keep your HBO Max subscription. I'm Riker. And I'm Shmi. And this is Pilots. Fly safe, fly true. <laughs>